Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome into another edition of the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta. Feeling good, um, not going to lie. Feeling myself a little bit. Brand new blue year in the state of Georgia and across the country. Thank you to Stacey Abrams and everybody else involved in the movement. We take a few seconds here to talk uh, politics, if you don't mind. A lot of stuff going on around the NBA, but also in extension, a lot of stuff going on with the movement that the WNBA players and NBA players have championed for a long time. It's with great pleasure that we have the great Candace Parker on the show today. Candace, a champion, obviously, a GOAT, if you ask me and anybody else about the game of basketball. Thank you so much, Candace, for taking some time. And I know you're you're not here in Georgia, but but you certainly have your connections here, you know, with your work on TNT, which is fantastic. How did you feel waking up this morning seeing this different landscape that we're all living in based on a lot of the work you and your colleagues in the WNBA had a hand in? Well, first and foremost, you know, I think it's it's a great feeling to wake up and just know in general, people got out and voted. That's been the biggest thing is just to exercise your rights. And I was extremely proud of just being able to be a part of this summer from, you know, the stances that we took, but also just in solidarity. If you think about a generation before, there were one or two, three athletes at a summit. And now you have entire leagues, the entire world paused in support and in solidarity of the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm talking tennis, talking NFL, NBA, across the board. So to just be a part of this movement of it's no longer okay to just sit on the sidelines and, and leave politics out of sports and shut up and dribble to be a part of this. I think it's definitely changing things, not just in sports, but if you think about just across the board, you think about how much reach sports and how much impact sports has on our lives. And so to be a part of that, has been extremely special. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing time when I think about it. And I'm torn. Part of me loves the progress that's being made. And part of me is fuming that in 2021, we're still shocked and excited to see Becky Hammond as, as a potential head coach in the NBA. And I'm thinking to myself, Candace, this should have been, this should have been done already. We should have cleared these hurdles already in my mind. When I graduated high school and I was thinking, what would the world look like 10, 20 years later? I thought all this stuff would be in the rear view. I thought, I mean, I thought we'd be past this. So I'm, while I'm just thrilled that we're making the progress we are, is there any part of you that feels like this is way overdue? Like we should have done this already? There is the whole part of me that feels that, but I, I refuse to get discouraged. I know my generation, and I can say just as an African-American woman, my generation has it better than my previous generation, if you look at what my mom had. And, and from an equality standpoint, I think you know this is an opportunity for us to, 
to take huge giant steps forward in all avenues, in all areas. And I think that as an African-American woman, I'm seeing this as an opportunity and a wake up call to take steps forward in other areas. And that means all of us. So yes, we appreciate and we love our blackness, but we also need to address the women issue and, and start talking about that and having those conversations and moving steps forward and progress. Sometimes it's, it's two steps forward, one step back, but you got to keep pushing it forward. And I know my daughter's generation will have it better than, than ours, both in what we fought for, but also in the hopes of the outlook and the thought process that they have in, you know, how we work towards equality. And so I think, yes, you're right. You wake up some days and you're super discouraged, but then you kind of look at your past and you look at your future and you realize how important it is to do your job at this moment. That's a great point. And a, and a great perspective to have. You mentioned your daughter. And I know th- it's an interesting time to me for athletes um, because in the past, as you mentioned, there would be a, a handful or a smattering of athletes who were maybe as active and proactive in the cultural movement as we compare to what we see now, which is everybody. You hear about LeBron James wanting to start an ownership group. Is this a an awakening as well for, you know, the professional athlete class that some of the coalitions that need to be made now, you know, will benefit future generations? Like the, if there's things like this that, that come to fruition, that it's going to benefit your daughter and, and people that come years from now, just having those those bonds and coalitions made by the athletes who are maybe most most impactful and influential in this space? I definitely see those steps. And I think support um, is a huge word that we kind of throw around lightly. But I think in this generation, we've kind of seen the way that it works and the impact. You know, everybody has a hustle for sure. And America is about opportunity and, you know, seizing that chance. And you can, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work to be. But let's all be honest. It does make it a little easier when you know people. And when you have people that help you and support you and guide you and become your mentor and give you a chance. And then you, you know, seize that chance and, and work hard. And I think we're realizing within this generation, it does matter who's making the decisions. It does matter about diversity and thought. It does matter about support. It does matter about people voting and people getting out and, and speaking their mind and, and speaking about things they're passionate about. With us in the WNBA, we realize things aren't perfect, but we do have a platform. We are 80% African-American women. We are part of the LGBTQ community, social economic backgrounds, religion. I mean, we are the majority of the minority in this country. And so for us personally, the platform we have, it's about support and it's about giving a voice to people that don't think they have a voice. And so I feel it's super powerful when people that have and have made it and are doing things still remember where they came from. And, you know, you're seeing that now with the athletes that it's no longer okay to just go out and play and make money and take care of yourself and your family. Now the expectation is for you to reach out and help others in places that you came from. I really do feel like this. It was so cool watching, you know, the bubbles, both the NBA and WNBA bubbles, just watching the players dial in and focus on that stuff. It was eye-opening for for the folks who, like myself who are on the periphery of it as well, just to see it in the field, the, the power of it was was spectacular. And the basketball piece, I, uh, far be it for me to, to get us too far off the track from 
from the game that, that we all love. But this has been such a strange start to a season in that for people who are as regimented as professional athletes who, who work on such a strict clock in terms of your calendar year and how you prepare for whatever comes next, these, these first couple of weeks of the season have presented some games that have been head scratches, like blowouts that, that you can't even fathom. Um, do you think that the unnatural way that this season had to start based on the way last season ended has led us to some of these weird performances, these 40, 50 point blowouts for certain teams? Yes. As much emphasis as we put it, the struggles of the bubble last year, I do believe some of those struggles are going to carry over into this year. However, with the NBA, everybody kind of has the same problems that they're dealing with. And at any given point in time, one player can be out as a protocol, as we've seen star players. I mean, everybody kind of is being held to the same standard. So with that being said, it's going to be the deepest team and it is going to be the healthiest team. And it's amplified this season. I mean, it's usually that way in most NBA seasons. Like the team, right. you know, is the most disciplined, figures it out, and stay, is able to stay healthy is going to be the, one, the last one standing. And this year, it's just going to be times a thousand. You're seeing, you know, a different style of games. There's a lot of fans and a lot of players that play better in front of people. Now you're seeing empty stands. And so you gotta got to find that internal motivation, which I know was difficult. And even in the bubble, I mean, they still, it was a smaller environment. You're not playing in these ginormous arenas. But it, it's going to be an adjustment for a lot of teams. And they're going to have periods of time where they're going to have to kind of bank wins because they're going to have periods of time where it's, it's going to be really hard to get a, a win just with the situation they're going through as well as, you know, the travel and protocols and all that. So it's definitely going to be a different season. I'm trying to think of the number of people I could ask this question where they could actually entertain it just in, in the context of who they are and what they've done in their career. You might be one of the only ones I can think of. LeBron James is in into his 18th season playing at an elite level. And, there are players that come into the NBA that have the luxury of, you know, easing into whatever career they're going to have. There are other people that come with instant expectations. You know this very well, you know, with the resume you built up before you got into the WNBA. How in the hell does somebody play 18 years at that level and then find the energy day after day to get up and keep doing it? I, that's the one thing about LeBron that's amazed me. It's, it's the physical sustainability that he's shown, and then just the mental acuity to be able to get up every day and know that you got to carry this burden of being the best of the best. Like, how do you do that? How does somebody do that when you get into the double-digit years, when you get into the twilight of your career and still dial up the effort and the performances that you need to to uphold that? It's unbelievable for him to be playing at this level 18 years in. I'm going into my 14th season and the thought of four more years, it you know, it's, it, uh, it scares me, but honestly, it's not the games that are difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, as a kid, I still get the same joy that I get from playing in a game with fans. And this is what you dreamed of your entire life. You still find that motivation of like, man, how many more playoff games am I playing in, in my career? So like, this is, I got to really take this moment in. It's not the games. It's the off season. 
it's the discipline within the off season, the preparation right now I'm in an off season and I'm working, you know, working with Turner as well as trying to mentally prepare myself. So today is really not going to matter, but it does because those days add up. And so I guess I commend LeBron for changing the way that we view preparation to prevent injuries and to prevent things that could happen. I mean, the amount of care that he has, the detail that he has, the regiment, a lot of players and athletes are following suit because they've seen the success that has come from that. And every point that he scores, he's prepared for that so many more hours than the 48 minute game. And I think my brother said it best when he retired from the NBA. He said, when you do not have the desire anymore to prepare for the season, then you know, it's time to give it up. It's time to hang it up. Yeah. And I guess I'm more impressed with that 18 years and he's still preparing the same way that he did, you know, early on in his career. Yeah. You mentioned something very interesting talking about just the idea of four more years. When you get to this stage of, of a career, like what does that look like when you're preparing again for another year? You mentioned your daughter and you know all that you have going on. You got so much going on. Where do you find the time to like really knuckle up and prepare for this? Cause this is a, it's a beast. Now you got young players. I look at, some of these young players running around the NBA, um, and I'm sure it's the same in the WNBA. It's like, it is certainly a young person's game in a lot of ways, just the physical demand. Where do you take the time to, to really focus in on that? Is that a, a daily maintenance thing or something you have to build up to? How do you, how do you process that? I am so goal-oriented, and I've learned to be disciplined. My first season, I will say, I was not very disciplined. TV got the best of me. Siku, you know, with Chuck, <laughs> I was trying to eat during March Madness with Chuck, and it was just not working out at all. Right. I wasn't disciplined, and I came in, and I got hurt, and I learned my lesson. I'm one of those people that may have to touch the fire a little bit to know that it's hot, and once I do that, then I know this is what I can do, and this is what I can't, and I set goals, and those are the Those are the things that get me past the lack of motivation days because we start kind of as human beings, like reasoning that today doesn't matter. But in the grand scheme of things, if you start having that attitude and that mentality, when you're reasoning, whether things matter or not, then the next day it's easier to do that. And the next day it's easier to do that. And so I just try to stay as disciplined as I can. I really enjoy talking basketball. If you think about it, we have, the second best job in the world. And the first is playing. I don't want to coach. I'll tell you that. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't have patience to coach. I'll tell you the best job is playing basketball. Second best is talking about it because we do it on our couch anyway. And now that's our job. So that's no problem. I love talking about basketball, but preparing for the next season, I definitely have to stay on my toes with discipline and making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. The game to me has changed so much too, Candace. I remember the McDonald's All-American experience <laughs> you had, you know, and and it was like, oh, you know, this this shocking thing. Oh, she dunked, you know, she won dunk contest over Josh Smith and these guys. And it's not it, a, a female player dunking doesn't have the same shock value that it that it once had, which I think is progress. That's a good thing. But does the game, men, women, whoever's playing it, does it look more similar? to you now than it did maybe 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, in terms of now it's cool for, for males to have the skill set you need to survive and to, to be able to shoot it and do some of the fundamental stuff that I think the women's game has championed forever. Um, it's what I've always appreciated about the women's game. 
is that there's a premium on the pure fundamental skills it takes to be good at basketball. Opportunity is the word that I will use. I think it's opportunity and it's visibility for women. There are a number of young girls and young women that would have been able to dunk had they had the training and they saw it and they set that as a goal and they worked towards it. There's a lot of things that are changing now. You think about now it's not a shocker when a woman dunks. At the same time now, sitting at the dunk contest, judging the dunk contest, and I'm seeing these guys go out and just do incredible dunks and nobody is impressed anymore because they <laughs> see it everywhere. It's, it's visible. So in a way, because of that visibility, because of social media, because of YouTube, because of all these things that we're able to see what the best, I think it does push us because then we're going to train to be better than that. At 11 years old, if I could have clicked on YouTube and saw the best 11-year-old out there, and I would, have, I would have probably been better. And now with this generation, you know, there's other things that may come into play where, you know, they're on their phones a lot. There's no creativity, you know, type of things. But at the end of the day, it's visibility, it's opportunity, and it's people changing the way the game's played. Think about it. Seven years ago, some of these shots these guys are shooting now, as announcers, coaches would have gone crazy. Announcers would have gone crazy. The internet would have gone crazy. Like, what is he doing? Right. Now it's normal because it takes that player to change the game. I am proud to be a part of the evolution of the women's game because when I came in the league, it was a double post. There was no space. There was no three defensive three seconds. There was none of that. It was, you know, we were scoring – 60 points a game, 65 points a game. And now look how people have evolved in their thought. Like bigs can handle the ball. It's okay for me to bring the ball up. Like versatility is good. Just because you're big, you don't have to stand by the basket. So we're seeing like, you know, evolution in skill, but also in thought because somebody has to think it before they allow it. It's transcendence, really. And I don't know if the players, yourself and others – have thought much about it, but y'all have, you know, y'all are the people who have transcended the game from one era to another, like literally changed the game. I'm like a lot of people. I watch far too much YouTube, far too many videos on my phone, and I'm always taken aback at just anything somebody can dream up now, they're trying it. And I think that to me, the spontaneity of it, of people trying to do crazy things and push themselves to those limits is what's led to all of this, to what's led to this kind of move from one stage of the evolution of the game to the other. So I, I hope that y'all, in all the hard work and all the time y'all spend training, and I hope y'all sit back and just enjoy the fact that this is a transition from one era to another, and it's spearheaded by players like yourself. Well, thank you. It's uh, It's been fun to be a part of it, I will say, just to look back and I know Chuck says it, and I know a lot of NBA players say it, and basketball players in general, that this orange ball has done so much. <laughs> because I think just as crazy as the game is changing, I think the athlete's place in the world is changing as well. And so to be a part of that as well is super special. Yeah. Candace Parker joined us here on the Hang Time Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time, Candace. I know you're busy. I know you're working all your different uh, avenues taking care of business out in this world, which has still got us all on lockdown in a bunch of ways. So stay safe, be careful, and keep doing what you do. We appreciate it. 
thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy, enjoy watching you and, and hearing from you and all that. So anything I can do, please don't hesitate. Thank you, Candace. Candace Parker joined us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We'll be back later this week with more on Friday. MVP rankings are coming out for the first time this season. We appreciate you joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. We'll see you next time.